Welcome to the latest edition of the Colgate Raider Report podcast. This is Eric Malinowski, and very glad to be starting the show off talking Colgate softball. The season is underway. The Raiders with a successful 3-2 road trip in North Carolina. We'll be talking about that and much more. Starting off with one of the stars of the Colgate softball team, Nicole Roundsville. Nicole, thanks for joining the show. And can you script a better start than a grand slam in your first at bat? Well, anyway, first of all, thank you for having me, Eric. I really appreciate it. It was a really great start for all of us, I think. Everyone has been putting in a ton of work in the off season, and it's a great start being able to get outside and not having to be indoors. Yeah, the energy I thought was really great this weekend. For me personally, I was just able to like channel all of the excitement and everything into my at-bats, and then especially my first at-bat. I think everything kind of came out in that one at-bat. Yeah, it was a super exciting start for everyone, I think. Take the listeners through the specifics of that Grand Slam at-bat. The pitch that I hit was the second or third pitch and she pitched me like middle inside and throughout the off season I'd been working a lot on that pitch and so yeah I I think I was definitely looking for it and a lot of credit should definitely be given to our new assistant coach Matt he helped us a lot with focusing on elevating the inside pitch and just giving us a new perspective on the best way to get a good handle and get the whole barrel on that pitch. Robert Morris actually ended up coming back and winning that game. So how did you guys rebound mentally and get it done in the following game against Gardner-Webb? You know, we were off to a really great start in those first one or two innings there, and we came off really hot and kind of just hit a lull, weren't able to produce runs throughout the rest of the game. I thought our defense played really well. You know, moving into that second game, we just kind of had to take the positives from the first game and highlight those and then also focus on some of the negatives, like being able to string together some more quality at bats and just take a better approach, more aggressive approach into the box for the next game. Were you surprised at the end of that first day you already had collected seven RBIs? Actually, I was kind of surprised. I actually wasn't like keeping track of it in my head at all. Like I wasn't actually aware that that was you know, the outcome of what had happened. But when some people brought it to my attention, I was a little bit surprised. And how nice was it to get revenge against Robert Morris on Saturday and then Velpo on Sunday? So both teams that you lost to in North Carolina, you were able to get wins against those squads. Right. That was an awesome feeling. I think, honestly, the way that we finished the weekend, you know, and I think a lot of my teammates would agree with me. I think we were all collectively very proud of how we finished, especially against teams who we lost to at the start of the weekend. So yeah, it definitely felt good to, you know, win on Saturday later in the day and then go home with a win on Sunday, which is a pretty hard thing to do. Talking to Nicole Roundsville of the Colgate softball team. Now you went deep again against Robert Morris. Was it the same pitcher? Was it a similar pitch or was it a different scenario? Honestly, I think it was a pretty similar pitch. I don't know if she missed her location or what, you know, I wasn't expecting to get the same pitch. Actually, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for that pitch, but when it was there, you know, I capitalized on it and took advantage of it. I know you're focused on the Florida trip ahead, but an Alabama excursion is scheduled for early March. Have you ever been to the state of Alabama? And if not, are you excited? I have never been to Alabama. No. And I know some girls on the team have, and they have good things to say about it. So Honestly, anywhere that it's not snowing, I think 
we're all pretty excited to get out of here for a little bit. So we're all looking forward to that for sure. Nicole, how did you find out that you were a Patriot League Player of the Week and what was your reaction? Honestly, I didn't even know that I was. I found out through Marissa, our coach, sent around the news posting. So I found out that way. I honestly found out kind of late. I wasn't even aware that I was until she brought it to our attention. So definitely a really cool feeling. And what was it like being named captain of this year's team? That was awesome. In the beginning of this season, when Marissa decided to, you know, appoint captains to the team, that's something new. We've never done that before. I definitely felt like honored to have been like voted into that position. It's an awesome opportunity. And I just love this group of girls so much, like my favorite team thus far. So I'm super excited for what's to come this season. And now that you are a captain, Nicole, has your role changed? Do you feel like you're a different person? Do you feel like you've had to adapt to the role or just business as usual? I think it's personally made me more confident in that role and in other roles, like in school even, and, you know, with softball too. But I think, again, this group of girls brings out the best in me. And I think we feed really well off of each other and they're a pretty easy group to lead and I just love being in their presence and being able to spend so much time with them. So from being a little kid to now has first base always been your position and what attracts you to that position Nicole? I've never played first base until I think my sophomore year it was of college. I've always been an infielder but I've primarily played third base and shortstop all throughout high school so yeah I've never honestly been on the right side of the infield until sophomore year when Marissa asked me to like move to that side and give it a try and honestly I've come to love it and I think it's a great thing to be able to be open to new positions and just being a student of the game and being able to adapt to different positions is just such an important aspect of being an athlete so I think it's helped me to grow like on the field and off the field being able to come into that role and adapt accordingly. What was the most challenging part of that transition to first base for you? I guess I didn't like really realize how involved you are with certain plays. We practice like cuts and relays and you actually do. I didn't realize how much of an impact you can have on the infield when you do play that position. But yeah, you definitely have to have a strong presence and be able to communicate well from that side of the field as well. Coming into this season, what were you looking to improve on? Just overall improvement, or was there a specific part of your game, whether it be on defense or offense, that you really honed in on? Honestly, just being able to, since it's my senior year, just being able to give everything, like just play with no regrets and, you know, give it my all, be able to look back on each game and say that I've given it truly like 110%. And as far as like, specifics I would say just working on first base and being able to play the best first base that I've ever played really. What were the benefits of playing in last year's Patriot League tournament? I know there's a lot of newcomers on the team this year but there are a lot of seniors as well so do you think that was Mm -hmm. beneficial for the team to make their first tournament since 2015? Yes I definitely think it was beneficial. The atmosphere was insane. I'd always heard other people that I know on other teams in the league and just people Uh, like alumni who have played on, you know, our team that have gone to the tournament. And they've always tried to explain how much of an adrenaline rush it is and how exciting it is to be there. And I think it was just so awesome that we got to go last year. And, yeah, I think it'll be something to strive for this season with 
there's eight seniors and then there's eight freshmen. So it's a pretty balanced bunch. So I think it would be awesome to make it again. Is it strange having a longtime teammate, now a coach in Megan Romero? <laughs> I don't think I would say it's strange. I actually really do like it. I think at first it was kind of hard to adapt to her being in a coaching role just because I had played with her throughout my career here at Colgate. She really has been doing such a great job with this group and she definitely provides an outlet for us to go to. She's so fresh out of college and I think a lot of girls on our team feel extremely comfortable talking to her when we need to. Talking to Nicole Roundsville of the Colgate softball team, a Newtown, Pennsylvania native. Let's go into the classroom for a second, Nicole. Why psychology is a major? Why did you choose that? <laughs> it's funny you should ask. I actually came in thinking that I would be going pre-med. So I came in thinking biology would be my major. Ended up switching to psychology. Probably, I would say halfway through freshman year, I realized that original path probably wasn't for me. So yeah, I switched into some psychology classes and I ended up absolutely loving them. And I just think that a lot of the material that we learn in those classes not only is super interesting, but it's super applicable to everyday life and social situations that you're in day in and day out. You've had great success in the classroom. What do you attribute that to? A lot of that success, I would say, comes from being a student athlete and being able to manage your time efficiently and being able to cut out specific portions of your day whenever you have them for school and being able to manage your time accordingly. So I think, you know, being so busy and having such a demanding schedule as a student athlete has helped me tremendously in the classroom. Now you have a sister that's a student athlete in the Patriot League as well, but a different sport in a different school. Tell us about your sister. <laughs> I have a little sister, Jacqueline. She is a freshman this year and she's on the swim and dive team at Bucknell. And yeah, I'm super proud of all she's accomplished this year. You know, her season is just about over. It's pretty funny having a sibling on a, an opposing team. So that's definitely something that is a fun dinner conversation to talk about when we're home. All right, before I let you go, let's talk about Council Rock North. How fierce is the rivalry with Council Rock South, Nicole? It was pretty intense. You know, looking back on my high school experience, I miss playing that game. It's usually a super exciting game. Towards like the end of my high school career, we were able to like play them in a like larger venue. So it was a night game and everyone came out for it. I would say the rivalry was pretty intense. It was a lot of fun looking back on it. Now, not too many schools are right across from a state park. How many field trips were taken to Tyler State Park through your academic days? <laughs> Too many, honestly. I can't remember exactly how many, but going through elementary school, we went there, not even just in high school, but like elementary school, we would go. High school, I think we went a few times for like biology class. And actually, we were even able to like in middle school, in our free periods, we were able to like walk through the park, which was super, super cool. So yeah, that was definitely something that I'm grateful for having throughout my childhood. The large rock near the school's parking lot, how many times would you say that you painted that rock? Yeah, I was actually going to talk about that when you brought up the North-South rivalry game. There's a tradition, you know, there's a rock in front of Council Rock North, and then there's also a rock in front of Council Rock South. And, like, it's a huge tradition the night before you play each other to, like, sneak over to the other school and, like, spray paint their rock or whatever. That was always fun. I couldn't tell you how many times that rock has been painted. But, yeah, it's frequently repainted, so never goes like more than two weeks without being changed up. 
Has anybody stolen the other school's rock or it's just too big? They're not able to be moved, Nicole. I don't think that you'd be able to move it. Honestly, there's so many, there's also so many layers of paint on that thing that like, I don't think anyone would be able to move it if they tried. Nicole, great stuff. Best of luck this weekend in Florida and best of luck throughout your senior season. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We're going to go from star player to head coach of the Colgate softball team on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Talking to Marissa Lamis and Myers right now. And coach, I just talked to Nicole Roundsville. Is that how you drew it up, coach? Have one of your senior stars unload a grand slam in the first inning of your first game of this season? Oh, of course. No, no, no. You know, she did a great job with her at bat. You know, the three previous ABs, they worked the walk and, you know, she put a good swing on a good pitch. And just like that, we were up 4 nothing in the top of the first. After having the lead against Robert Morris, how was the team able to put that behind them and shut out Gardner-Webb in the next game? Disappointing loss against Robert Morris. So how was the team able to put that behind them so quickly and get the job done in the next game? Yeah, you know, first game. And it wasn't the outcome, but we gave ourselves chances. And offensively, we just weren't our best. And to have a chance in the sixth and seventh inning, even though offensively we weren't our best, it was a positive sign for us. We had a gem of a a game in the circle with Bailey Miskin that kind of springboarded us into that win was she was keeping them off the bases in long enough for us to push some runs across. From a development standpoint, Coach, especially early on in the season, how important was it to have bounce back wins against Robert Morris on Saturday and Valparaiso on Sunday? huge. It shows that it's our ability to forget. We play a 56 game season, so we have to be able to forget and move on. You know, to do that so early in our first weekend is huge and it sets our standard for the rest of the year that, you know, no matter what happens, our next game is the most important game. So right now we're focused on Stony Brook. That's where all of our focus and energy is going to go into. What an opening weekend for Bailey Miskin, and you alluded to her already, Coach, Patriot League Freshman of the Week. What are your expectations for this first-year player from the state of Virginia? Yeah, I mean, she just needs to keep doing what she's doing. I don't think she needs to throw any extra pressure on herself. We give her the free reign to attack hitters, you know, just like she likes. So we're trying to keep the pressure off of everyone especially her being in her first year but you know the thing with her she thrives off of pressure so she she wants to be in the circle she wants the ball in her hands in the big moment and and that's great and so we're just you know taking it day by day game by game and you know trying to keep her focused and comfortable just as we are with all of our pitchers and they certainly have a lot of seniors to look up to coach a very interesting dynamic on this year's roster Eight freshmen, eight seniors with some juniors and sophomores sprinkled in there. Have you ever been involved with a team like this, either as a player or as a coach, where there's eight freshmen and then eight seniors? It's fun to see the seniors and the freshmen balance each other out and watch the juniors and sophomores fall into where they need to fall into. Um, never coached or been on a team with quite the balance. So far, so good. <laughs> a 3-2 and two weekend to start the season. Overall, what are your thoughts about the softball you saw in North Carolina? You know, I think with the lack of our offensive production, we had a really good weekend. Would I have liked to do better? Of course. But because our bats were a little quiet and we still came out with a 3-2 and two record, I think that's really positive. That means our pitching and our defense is doing what it needs 
do. Hopefully then our offense, which it looks like it's going to catch up to us here, hopefully this coming weekend. And, and once we get rolling, who knows what's going to happen. But overall, overall happy with the weekend. Was there one game that stood out saying, yeah, this is it. This is how I want our team to perform on a regular basis? I think the Gardner-Webb game was a big game for us, especially after jumping up on Robert Morris, like you said, 4 nothing, and to lose that game. And able to come back with against a talented team like Gardner-Webb, they had a kid on the mound who pitched at Purdue for her first two years. She's a, you know, a powerhouse of a kid. We came in, we kept battling and fighting and came out with the 3 nothing victory. I think that was the game that, you know, we all kind of looked at each other and, and said, you know, this is the way we need to play. We need to grind, even if, if that, the hits aren't coming yet, the, the grind that we showed and the ability to score late in the game, that was important. Where will the team be this weekend, Coach? Yeah, we're heading to Madeira Beach in Tampa, Florida this weekend. So, one, we're getting out of the cold and the snow. It's going to be in the mid-70s and sunny. So I think the whole team's looking forward to that. And I think the best part about this tournament is we're playing five different opponents. You know, some teams, they prepare all week for one opponent. We're preparing in uh, three days for five different opponents. And that's the best part about this is going in there, playing some good competition and hopefully leaving with a winning record. I know you want to focus on one game at a time, but softball is unusual because you're playing Stony Brook on Friday and then right after you're playing Merrimack. So how do you prepare? Do you give the players the scout in advance for Merrimack? I was just wondering how this all goes down. What we'll try to do is give the information to the team all at once in terms of a handout or whatnot. But we really only talk about Stony Brook right now. That's our main goal. After the Stony Brook game's over, regardless win or lose, we have to move on because that's when we prep the team for Merrimack. So we have to have short-term memories and forget about it. So it challenges them because they're perfectionists. They want to analyze and process, but in our sport, there's no time to analyze and process. We just have to move on. So they have all the information, but they know we focus on Stony Brook right now. And after Stony Brook's over, if we get 30 minutes, then we use 15, 20 of that to prep for Merrimack. Yeah, and the opponents besides Stony Brook and Merrimack, Manhattan, South Dakota, and Columbia, give us a little overview of the assembly of teams that will be in Madeira Beach this weekend. What do you think of this group, Coach? I think it, they're going to test us, especially uh, Stony Brook and South Dakota. I think those are both quality teams that are going to test us on both sides of the ball. Same with Columbia and uh, Merrimack and Manhattan. I know they can swing the bats a little bit. So our defense and our pitching is going to be tested. I think if we can grind through this weekend when it's hot, playing five different opponents in a short period of time, if we can grind through that, then we're going to set ourselves up for a good back half of February. Senior catcher Virginia Irby making the preseason All-Patriot League team. What makes her special, Coach? Not only is she talented behind the plate, she has a great softball IQ offensively. That kid will go deep into count. She'll foul off pitches until she gets the one she's looking for. We trust her in situations, and she trusts herself. She wants to be the person to step into the box with the game on the line. She's been an anchor for us defensively behind the plate and definitely an anchor in our lineup. And I'm hoping with this upcoming weekend, she kind of picks it up offensively and starts playing a little better. You have some new faces on the bench this year. Well, one new face and then one face in a different role. Let's start with Matt. What does Matt bring to this coaching staff? 
Matt has been fantastic. He has taken over our offense and our outfield, and he's done such a great job with them. He's invested. He cares. He's everything I think this team needed. He brings a fresh outlook. He's from Syracuse, East Carolina. He's ramped up their offenses. So he came here, and I kind of laid the foundation for him, and I told him, run with it. And so he's really excited for them to hit their stride. But he's been such a great addition to our staff. And the other person I was referring to, Megan Romero. How did you keep Megan in Hamilton? How did that come about, Coach? Goes from Colgate player to Colgate coach right away. We were talking, and she didn't have anything lined up yet. And, you know, kind of going back and forth because she didn't know what she wanted to do. And it just so happened that we were fortunate enough to be able to add an additional coach to our staff. And, you know, I called her and I said, hey, this is an option. What do you think? And without hesitation, she was in. You know, believe it or not, you wouldn't know that she just graduated last year. She was doing such a fantastic job keeping everything organized, keeping me organized. She is above and beyond what I could ever imagine a recent grad being as an assistant. And I couldn't be happier, I couldn't be luckier or more appreciative of what she has brought to the team. The preseason poll has Colgate at five. Is this a number you ever talk about with the team before the season for motivational purposes or for another reason? Or is this just something that is released and you really don't talk to the team about it? We spent uh, maybe 30 seconds on it. You know, I think with the team seeing the number five next to our name, they were taken back, a little shocked. And, you know, I told them it's okay. It's better to play from the underdog position. I would lying if they said it wasn't in the probably in the back of their minds but right now they're just focused on getting that next win and we'll handle conference once it's once it gets here i will say that they were disappointed we took the approach well it's okay we know what we have we'll let our actions speak for itself how does making the patriot league tournament for the first time since 2015 benefit this year's team i know a lot of new faces i know eight freshmen that didn't go to the Patriot League tournament last year because they weren't on the team, but still a lot of players returning that did taste that tournament for the first time, Coach. How has that benefit this year? I think it's the experience that that brought. The grind, the understanding of the grind, knowing that it's going to be a long season. I think what happened is now our upperclassmen and those who were at the tournament are fueling the freshmen because they want to get back. And that's really important. Our current sophomores are the ones who don't want to be the class that doesn't go to the tournament all four years. They want to be the first class in a while to go to the tournament four years in a row. And I think that's important. But I also told them that we're not getting to the Patriot League tournament in February, that we have to slow everything down and we need to worry about our weekends coming up. And we'll take care of business when we need to in April, March and April. Right now, we're not focused on the tournament because it doesn't exist. No one's in the tournament right now, and that's the way we need to approach it. Entering your third season, Coach, are you where you expected to be ahead of your vision, a little behind, or right on? Honestly, I think I'm ahead. I never thought in year two after the very disappointing first year I had in year two that we would have uh, flipped the script like we did. There's still so much more to accomplish, and that's the exciting thing. But I think we're on pace to do that. I just hope that we stay focused and relaxed. It's very encouraging to see the older classes really get into postseason play and things like that. So that's a good thing, you know, being a little bit ahead of the pace. Coach, always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time and best of luck this season. 
Thank you so much. That is head softball coach Marissa Lamison Myers on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. From softball to women's hockey we go. This is Eric Melanoski for the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Very glad to be talking to head women's hockey coach at Colgate University, Greg Fargo. Coach, it's been a little bit, so how is the family? Oh, thanks, Eric. Great to be back on the podcast again. The family's doing well. You know, we're on the tail end of the holidays, obviously, and we had a great little break in December. Good time to get away from the rink. We're back in full swing now, so hockey mode to the very end, and the family is, as you know, always a part of that. We're heading into it right now. It's a lot of fun. Coming off a great win against Brown, Coach, what were the keys to victory in that one? It was a good game against Brown uh, overall, I think. You know, pretty good weekend for us, despite the outcome on Friday. I thought we played well for two of the periods there, and, you know, the Brown game was uh, much the same. I mean, what I liked there is we had a lot of contributions from our entire lineup, you know, up and down the lines. Everybody chipped in offensively and you know we were able to get everybody involved actually a lot of offense that was generated from their back end and our d getting involved on the rush and some plays offensively which was nice to see and you know something that we try to you know touch on all the time is getting our d activated and really getting them involved in plays and we were able to see it all kind of come to life against brown which was nice a good road win it's never easy to win in the league and especially on the road, to be able to come home with those two points I think was a real good feeling for our group. Clinched a spot in the ECAC playoffs. Much celebration, Coach, or that was the expectation coming into this season? You know, it's always good to get back to the playoffs. As I said, it's, you know, the league is so tight and there's a lot of parity up and down the league and it seems more and more every year, Eric. It's nice to be in the playoffs, I think. You know, there was a time when that wasn't a given necessarily. We're going to be on the road in that first round series, which isn't something that we hoped or planned for in any way. It's new territory for us. But at the same time, you know, looking back at the year, like, you know, what we've done so far, I think we've made a lot of progress throughout the season. Our young team has grown every week, and we've been able to take a lot of positives from every weekend, win or lose, and You know, I really like the way our team is playing overall. We're playing some of our best hockey right now. And going into the postseason, I mean, you know, we feel like no matter who we end up playing, it's going to be a great series. Either team can walk away with wins. And I think as long as you're playing your best hockey at the right time of the year in this league, you're in good shape no matter who you play. And that's certainly how we feel. We're just really focused on, you know, continuing to take ground and get better you know, go into that playoff series in the best place that we possibly can be in. And to do that, Coach, you have a couple more opportunities this weekend. So you alluding to the fact that it's all about peaking at the right time. How important are these two games this weekend? Well, I think they're important, you know, for just that reason. I mean, I give our group a lot of credit. Like, every day of practice and, you know, on the ice and our our coaching staff behind the scenes, our assistant coaches working really hard behind the scenes, to get the most out of every day. And I think our group as a whole has done a nice job with that. This weekend is another opportunity for us to go out and showcase to ourselves just kind of how much we can continue to grow and be at our best every chance that we get an opportunity to go out and perform. And really, that's what it is. Regardless of who it is or what's on the line, we just want to go out and perform our best against Union on Friday and find a way to get better the next day. And, you know, as I said, I give our team a lot of credit. We've taken that approach since day one and I'm excited to see our team perform this weekend once again and just keep taking ground. 
Give us a preview of that union matchup on Friday. They've been sticky for a lot of teams in our league this year. I mean, they, they're coming off a good game against Harvard in their last outing, and they ended up losing in overtime to Harvard. You know, they got a great goaltender. They're extremely well coached, and with some of the players that they've added here over the last couple of years, I think they're a team that is kind of up and coming. And so they can give you fits, and especially if we kind of overlook any sort of opponent. I think, you know, it's easy to see that both these teams are below us in the standings and tends to happen at times in sports. Your group can overlook somebody, and we just got to focus on being our best and, and focus on our game. And if that's the case, I think we'll like how we play and we'll like the outcome. But, you know, you certainly don't want to overlook anybody because Union's one of those teams that's dangerous and we want to make sure we're playing our best. Different coaches handle senior day differently, Coach. What's the plan before the game and will there be anything afterwards for the Saturday contest against Rensselaer? How do you handle senior day? Senior day's been a really nice event over the years and, you know, a great day to honor the seniors that have come through your program and we try to keep things kind of business as usual before the game and then do our celebration, so to speak, after once the visiting team has left the ice. It'll be a great day to be able to honor our senior, Liz Aubie. Only one senior on our roster this year, which is quite unique. You know, certainly gives us the opportunity to give her the recognition and attention that she deserves and what she's been able to do throughout her career here at Colgate. And so we'll honor her in a nice way on the ice afterwards. You know, her teammates and some of the parents have organized a little get-together and dinner for her game. But, you know, we just want to keep it as business as usual, as I said, and really allow Liz to enjoy the day go out and perform as best she can in front of her friends, family, former teammates that have come back to recognize her. And so it should be a, an awesome day against RPI and us just paying tribute to everything that Liz has done for us, Colgate, and in particular our program. With the one senior on the roster, Coach, that means the freshmen have played a pivotal role on this year's team or the youngsters as a whole. How about freshman Danielle Serdakny leading the team in points? Talk about her production in her first year, Coach. Danielle's had a great year. I think from start to finish, you could really see early on, you know, the impact that she was going to have, you know, in practice and in some of our early games. I mean, I really like about Danielle is she's a 200-foot player on our roster. Like, she, a lot of offensive players that I've coached over the years, you know, sometimes it's easy to take shortcuts to try and help your team and, you know, chip in offensively, but Danielle takes a lot of pride in how she plays, you know, away from the puck as much as with it. You know, she has a, a tendency to make her teammates around her better. She sees the ice extremely well. She's very unselfish with the puck, and quite frankly, we're trying to get her to, to be a little more selfish with it at times. We feel like uh, good things happen when the puck's on her stick, and, you know, she's come a long way since the start of the year. She continues to push herself and others to get better, and She's been a real bright spot in her lineup and is having a tremendous year and certainly uh, someone to look for good things to come in the future as well. And right behind her is Sammy Smigliani, second on the team in points. And you got her all the way from California, Coach? Originally from California and former teammates with Tanner Gates, who I know you know well. And Tanner's a sophomore and Sammy's enjoying a great freshman year here with us. I give Sammy a lot of credit. I mean, she, you know, last year she moved away from California to, to play out in Michigan and get herself ready for college hockey and Sammy was committed to us for a while and I really think you know even though Sammy's done some great things before getting to Colgate I think she's playing some of the best hockey of her career right here at Colgate and she's one of those players I think that as the year has gone on we've come to appreciate 
who she is as a player more and more with every passing week. What I think striking about Sammy is she's such an incredible learner. She's a great student in the classroom and, you know, articulates herself very well. She sees things that sometimes other people don't see and she's asking questions. She's very inquisitive. She wants to find ways to add layers to her game at all times. And she's just an incredible learner. And I think that skill in itself has really allowed her game to project well at the collegiate level. And I think the sky's the limit for someone like Sammy with the skill set that she has and just kind of the IQ, but most importantly, just how inquisitive she is and that desire to explore her game and see how much she kind of wring out of it, if you know what I'm saying. Some new faces on the bench this year. How has the addition of Chelsea Walklin helped the staff this year, Coach? Yeah, great question, Eric. Chelsea's been a welcome addition. I mean, prior to Chelsea arriving, Sophie LeClaire was here, who's moved on and become a head coach at Norwich and uh, has been having some success there, exploring what being a head coach is all about. And Chelsea has come in. She hasn't missed a beat, you know. I think in a lot of ways, it's a new environment for her. But at the same time, she's such a well-rounded, experienced coach that she's been able to hit the ground running for us. And that's been felt on so many different levels. I think whether it's Chelsea or Chris Cobb, who's also new to her staff, I mean, both coaches, Eric, have been real great additions to our program this year. You know, they work so hard behind the scenes and helping to get our team prepared and helping every individual just kind of, you know, be the best player that they can be. And so I'm so grateful they're a part of this and so grateful for the staff that we have. Give us an update on recruiting, Coach. The recruiting piece is, you know, is constantly changing, Eric. We're on the road. I'm actually in the car right now going to watch a game, going to watch one of the future players that are coming in here next year. Got uh, a couple commitments ready to go for next fall, but always working to add other pieces, both last minute for the following year, but also, uh, you know, get an eye on the years to come. And we, we're in a pretty good spot as far as the next few years. Obviously, you know, anywhere we feel like we can add depth to our lineup and add pieces that fit well with what we're trying to do and, and our culture, then we certainly we want to look to get better under every rock that we can. But it's a lot of fun because it's, it's the future of your program and it's how you continue to make strides in addition to making the players better that you currently have. We're always on the lookout and, and enjoy that part of what we do. A couple of the things that we already solidified, Coach, is that Colgate women's hockey in the playoffs, they're definitely going to be on the road. And, of course, you want to be playing your best hockey going down the stretch. So you're hoping for a couple wins this weekend. Saying all that, Coach, is there any scoreboard watching this weekend? Do you care where you go? Or it's just, like you said, the most important thing, Colgate's got to take care of themselves and play the best hockey possible going into the playoffs. And you know you're on the road, so that's all you really need to know. This time of year, you're obviously watching scoreboards. You want to know as much as you can. And so we'll be doing plenty of that in addition to taking care of our own game. But, you know, we could most likely end up playing Princeton, Clarkson, or Harvard. And I think we played very well against Harvard. And uh, I think that's a good matchup for us. Although we've lost a handful of games against Princeton and Clarkson, we feel like, you know, we played them tough. Any one of those games could have gone either way. So, you know, we'll be scoreboard watching. You know, I don't think necessarily hoping for one thing or another, you know, just looking forward to the challenge ahead. And, and, I, and again, like, as you said, you know, playing your best at this time of the year, regardless of who it's against, is really where the focus ought to be as opposed to uh, who it's against. We feel pretty strongly 
with the group that we have, we feel very strongly about it. And the neat thing is, is I don't think we've peaked just yet. And the best is yet to come for our team. So that's always exciting when you feel like there's more to do. And we'll find out, you know, what this group can do come playoff time, regardless of who it's against. And we're excited for that. Coach, great to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much. Best of luck this weekend and best of luck in the playoffs, Coach. Thanks a lot, Eric. Great to be back here and talk to you again. Thanks for having me. That was the head coach of Colgate Women's Hockey, Greg Fargo. Finishing up the Colgate Raider Report podcast, talking Colgate Women's Lacrosse. Very excited to be talking to one of the stars of the Women's Lacrosse team, and that's Captain Noelle Patterson. How cold was Vermont this past weekend, Noel? and how did the team psychologically deal with the conditions? I'll tell you, you know, we definitely overcame a lot of adversity this past weekend. You know, the game getting switched midweek from Saturday to Sunday. Sunday, you know, we practice. We're used to these cold conditions. Our coaches prepare us for the way that our lungs are going to feel, the way that our bodies mentally we're going to adapt to the situation. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was a warm day for me in Vermont. You know, it was like about 38 degrees sun was shining after they got the ice off the field it was a good day for some lacrosse yeah and you certainly showed that noel career high four goals against vermont and not to mention six draw controls four ground balls and four caused turnovers what went so well for you in this one and the team as a whole you know i think that we traveled it was a long week we'd been playing for six days straight at that point and you know our coach taylor came in and she says time to take care of business and you know, something that I've been trying to work towards this season is just trying to let the game come to me. And I think that that's been a huge difference maker for me personally. But, you know, also on the field, I can't stress enough how much the team has done for each other. This year, we're taking care of each other. We're fighting for those ground balls. Someone drops it, the next person's, you know, busting it to go get that ball and pick it up and making that play work. And I think that in Vermont, that's why we were able to succeed. And you know, we got those gritty plays off the draw controls, ground balls, off defense. We were ready to play at noon, so, you know, the energy just kept flowing in the locker room when we had that two-hour delay, and we kept the energy high, and I think that was a huge difference maker. We were ready to take care of business. We didn't travel all the way up there to play on a Sunday to lose, and I think that's what we brought into that game is that competitive nature and how we didn't go there to lose. Third coach in as many years for you, Noel. How have you adapted to all this change? I grew up in Binghamton, so I'm an upstate New York native. And I knew a lot about Coach Taylor because of her legacy and how great of a coach she's been, you know, in Cortland and then Lemoyne and now Colgate. And, you know, it kind of became a norm for, you know, I had the same coach for two and a half years and with head coach Heather Young and then interim head coach, Elizabeth Bevel and I think that it helped us a lot this year to adapt to this culture shift because we are so used to it and now it's refreshing in a sense because Coach Taylor has brought a brand new culture to Colgate and she's asked us to help her establish it and I think that's such like an honor to be part of that first class and help her lead this team but also she's doing such a great job that she's made it easy for us you know we are training so much harder, and it hasn't been an easy ride, but being 2-0 and now, I'm thankful for what she has brought to Colgate and the culture shift that we've had. So, you know, it's not easy bouncing around, but when I heard Coach Taylor took the job, I couldn't have been more excited. My high school coach knows 
of her. You know, she has such a great reputation that we knew we got a good one. We knew we were very lucky. And we have been. It's, it's paid off so far. And I think that it's going to continue to pay off throughout the whole season. It was definitely a culture change. And it wasn't a hard, difficult one. We definitely weren't resistant to it. And I think that she's made the trusting process for us easier than it could have been. So I'm thankful for her and for that. Speaking of change, how is it going to be playing all your home games at Andy Kerr Stadium this season, Noel? It's amazing. I have to credit Coach Taylor on that one. She told us that we were going to be playing there. I didn't believe it. I was so happy. And it's great. You know, Byer Small is a beautiful complex, but Andy Kerr just adds a whole other effect. And we've never even really practiced on that field. So when we were warming up for Maris, makes you feel so like this is real. Like This is a legitimate competitive team that's going to take it to the next level this year with the whole jumbotron and the stands and how beautiful that turf is. It's just amazing. I think that, you know, a lot more people came to our games. It makes us feel like a more, you know, legitimate team. It's so cool. And that's what we are this year. We're a new brand. So it only makes sense that we roll out onto a new field. And it's so exciting having, you know, our videos of our school celebrations and our introductions, everyone running out. Like it's such an exciting and thrilling feeling. It's great. We're so we're very lucky to have such a beautiful field. Noel, what's it like being a captain for Colgate Women's Lacrosse? Honestly, I love it. You know, it's the best job that I've had in my past four years here at Colgate. I love doing it with my co-captains, Peyton Gabriel, Sam Crossan, and Ingrid Backy. I, I love it because we have a captain on all levels of the field, goalie, defense, midfield, and attack. And I think that it's been great having four of us because we all have such different perspectives of the field and of our team. So when we combine, it's really is a pleasure co-captaining with them. And I really do love it. I love getting to work closely with Coach Taylor. I feel it's so much fun and, and the coaches really learning. As I am a leader for our team, I'm also learning how my leadership skills can be better. And I don't know if there's anyone better that I can learn it from than Coach Taylor, Coach Jeff Antelmi, and Coach Kathleen Sweeney. It really has been great. It's been, a, it's been a job, but one that I'm really glad that I get to do. Talking to the senior midfielder of the Colgate women's lacrosse team, Noel Patterson, coming up on the 24th, taking on Syracuse in the Carrier Dome. What are you expecting from the Orange in that one? I love watching Syracuse. Every summer in high school, I go to Coach Gates' tournaments and his camps, and I know I shouldn't expect anything less than a really strong Syracuse team. They're competitive, they're physical, they work super hard, and I think that how Coach Taylor has been preparing us this year, I'm excited to take them on. I think it's going to be a really, it's obviously going to be a challenge, but one that Coach Taylor has prepared us for, and I'm really excited, you know, not only to play against such a, a great, strong Syracuse team, but, you know, also being inside the Dome has its benefits, too, in upstate New York in February. Now, I know you're focused on the task at hand, and I know there's a lot of games before you guys depart for Nashville, but have you ever been to Nashville, Tennessee? You must be excited for the Vanderbilt game coming up later on in the season. To answer your question, I haven't been to Nashville you know, my mom goes often, and I'm always jealous because it is such a cool area. I'm a huge country music fan, so is Coach Taylor. And while I look forward to Vanderbilt, it's a great opportunity, and I'm excited. You know, it is coming up in three short weeks, but one thing that Coach Taylor really stresses is taking each game as it comes. And the next game really is the most important game in my life, and right now that's Syracuse on Sunday. That was Vermont, and I think that that's been a huge game changer is taking each game 
independently as the most important game in your life right now. You've had a lot of success in the classroom. What has been your formula for success through the years at Colgate? You know, I do get asked that quite often. You know, honestly, I think it is the time management skills that you learn as a student athlete. I think that, you know, being on the road, every single person on our team, every single one of my teammates has their laptop out, they're writing their essays, they're working on presentations, group projects, everything you can imagine. We're studying for a test. It's ironic, you know, I think that my grades do improve in season because we learn time management skills and that's been a huge shift for me. And I'm glad, you know, being busy all the time, you learn to take your time to put aside for academics. And at Colgate, you know, it's not easy. And I'm really thankful for the great education that I'm getting. Definitely time management skills has been something I've taken away from this experience. And I'm thankful for that going into my future. Why political science is your major? Why did you decide on that? (laughs) So originally I wanted to go into psychology and then I started learning more about the social sciences. So I took a couple of sociology courses, anthropology, and I wound up in political science and I really love it. I love history. I love learning about our government. I love getting involved in debates. And my goal in life is to go to law school after I graduate. So I think that that's been a funnel into what I want to do in my life. And this past summer, I was lucky enough to intern with my county executive. So I think that that is something that political science has really geared me towards. I'm really interested in public policy. I was lucky enough to actually take my senior seminar with former Syracuse mayor Stephanie Miner, and she really inspired my interest in public policy and advocating for that. So political science has been such a great experience for me. I'm, I'm really lucky that we have such a great faculty of professors, and I love it. Well, you mentioned you were from Binghamton, but I want to backtrack. You were born in Edmond, Oklahoma. How long were you there, Noel, and how did you make it to New York? It's interesting. People don't believe me when I tell them that. My father was actually in the Air Force. He did a program in which he was in medical school and he was stationed in Oklahoma. So my grandparents lived in Texas. So my parents are originally from Binghamton and they live in Syracuse and they bumped down to Oklahoma, which is where I was born. I lived there until I was about three years old. And then since my family's from upstate New York, we ended up coming back. So yeah, it's interesting. I actually, I don't remember much. I remember the warm weather and I obviously miss that. I would love to like end up back down south somewhere after I graduate in the future. But yeah, I ended up back here when I was three and I've lived in upstate New York ever since. And how did being a Golden Bear prepare you for Colgate? (laughs) You know, Coach Taylor is a tough coach, but I have to credit my high school, you know, basketball coaches and especially my lacrosse coaches. I had tough coaches that expected excellence and expected to win in the same way that Coach Taylor does. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that now because Coach Taylor comes out every day and expects, presents greatness in front of us and expects us to go and run after it and in high school my coaches were the same way you know we expected every game to win we treated like lacrosse was our lives and I think that my coaches Todd Mansfield and coach Dave Williams really fostered my interest in lacrosse and helped me to grow as a leader and individual when I was in high school I actually tore my ACL and one of my coaches was a physical therapist and he really I thought that my lacrosse career was probably going to end and he fostered a environment where I was able to flourish and come back from that season ending injury and um, make the best of it. And I couldn't be more thankful for my coaches in high school. I genuinely wouldn't be where I am today without them. How did your decision, Noel, to come to Colgate come about? Was it nice being close to home, but still away, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. Did that kind of factor into your decision at all? 
I really mainly looked at upstate New York schools. I I knew that I wasn't going to want to be too far away from home because I I love that my parents, you know, when I need them, they're here in an hour and 29 minutes. And, you know, but they're also just far enough that I can be my own person and have that independence. It was a big decision. You know, a lot of most of my friends are, you know, from Long Island, New Jersey. They're four plus hours away. And it's nice being close to home. I don't really go home often, which is interesting, but... So I really only looked at upstate New York schools, and when I toured Cornell, toured Albany, and even that was kind of far away, but I really do love being so close and having my grandparents up at my games, and my mom and dad visit me quite often. That was a huge factor on my decision, being close to home. Looking back, I'm really glad that I did that. Now, as far as your brother and sister are concerned, are you the clear-cut athlete in the family, or did either (laughs) one give you a run for your money, Noel? I want to say that I am, but my older sister, actually, she played basketball at Hobart and William Smith College, and she was a stud. You know, I got to hand it to her. I am the athlete that I am today because of my siblings and the way that my parents pushed us. Me and my sister are only three years apart, and we grew up playing basketball together. That was my first sport, playing basketball, and then she was into it, so of course I had to be, you know, we'd always race and, like, fight over who was the fastest one, and we still compete to this day. Like, we'll go out and play basketball in the driveway. I go out and play with my brother all the time. He's a senior in high school, and he's really good at basketball, too, but neither of my siblings got into lacrosse, really, so... Of course, one sided, my sister and brother did, but no, me and my siblings are super competitive. And I'm thankful that I grew up in an environment where we were competing constantly. My dad always had us out in the driveway doing a three man weave with the basketball, and we thought it was pointless, but I'm certainly thankful for the way that he had pushed me back then now because Coach Taylor does the same way. So yeah, I wouldn't say I'm the clear cut athlete of the family. I think that both of my siblings are very gifted. Noel, absolutely great stuff. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Eric. And that will do it for the Colgate Raider Report podcast as that was Noel Patterson, senior midfielder, a captain for Colgate Women's Lacrosse.